0: It's March, and that means it's Endometriosis Awareness Month. In today's show, I want to chat with Elva about how we've been feeling recently, endometriosis awareness, and just advocacy. I know we talk about advocacy often, but we jump into some of the ways that we've used to get doctors to listen to us and so much more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you're feeling well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And off to the show
1: oh hey elva how are you hi melissa how
0: are you welcome to another uh, episode of the cycle
1: i know i know when was it was it christmas before christmas yeah i think we last spoke
0: and now we are recording for endometriosis awareness month and um this episode is going to be just kind of all over the place. So stick with us. Uh, we did not structure it because we both have been going through some things and we're going to discuss that and we're going to discuss, you know, things that we wish people knew for endometriosis awareness month. And I think a lot of what Elvin, I've been going through for the past six to eight weeks are things we wish we knew people, people knew about going through endometriosis. So yeah, for
1: sure. I mean it's yeah it's been it's been a funny time I think it's just well it's not really coincidental I think we've learned that we're two halves of the same body on two different continents we've said it before because we seem to kind of end up with similar issues around the same time but yeah we've both obviously been through some yeah whatever you want to call recurring issues or, or symptoms and stuff like that and so we've both had to jump back into that appointments and chasing and uh doctor stalking for want of a a perfect phrase uh, which is really difficult and has taken me years to, and I still haven't mastered so that was one of the things I thought today is to talk about is you know there's no right way to do it but just to be aware and and for the the big thing for me I mentioned to you during the week when we spoke was just having that confidence which has taken me a few years to build um I'd be a really quite confident person to to challenge something in the workplace but when you come up against sometimes experts in a medical field um I think just sometimes we bow down a little bit and just take answers and take kind of delay tactics too easily
0: yeah I think that's one of the biggest things and I'm glad that we're talking about it on the show today because I don't think it's talked about very often for people who don't have chronic illness or aren't going through endometriosis They really have no idea the effort that needs to be put in just to get some answers. I mean, it's calls, it's emails, it's trying to schedule scans if you're lucky enough to even have the opportunity to be able to do that. But these things take, they can take hours, weeks. You know, I've talked to some uh, people in Canada who have to wait months and years to even get into the appointment. Same in the UK. Um, recently talked to someone in South Africa who, who also struggled to just even get an appointment or be seen by somebody. And sometimes you're in acute pain or, or a critical situation. And it's just how, how do you navigate that? And like you said, I mean, you have to, unfortunately, even if you're feeling sick, like you have to fight your way up the, up the mountain essentially to get answers
1: yeah and you know what's really interesting because it, it's you're you're right and look I, I've i always been honest here when I'm talking to you that I'm 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 in a position where I'm within a private system in Ireland um and I, I lived in the UK for many years and I kind of saw both sides there but there is a public system in Ireland and people wait years and they, they are still waiting years and, mm. and endometriosis had quite a bit of um Great press coverage recently on radio and stuff because I think family members of a TD, which is like a, an MP in the UK for anyone listening there, or your oh God, is it like senators? I don't know. Anyway, government officials, right? Okay. Yep. Um, but again, you get someone like that on the radio who just, what she really covered was her sister's own struggle. Um, but she really um, keyed in on not just the wait time, but within that wait time, a lot of the gaslighting. And I mean, medical gaslighting is a thing for for a lot of people and for a lot of conditions, but it's a really difficult one with endo. And one of the things that we talk about a lot, Melissa, is because a lot of what happens as well is when you're chasing within a system and you're trying to get help because of the flare nature of this, you can go in and out of really good and bad times. And often what happens is that you you're chasing something you're trying to get yourself up a ladder um, up a visit list and then someone might call back and I don't know about you but sometimes in some systems they ask you how are you feeling right now because I Mm -hmm. guess they're trying to monitor where can they fit you in and unfortunately if you're one of those people who wants to be honest and you say well actually I'm better that past, like that was two three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and I've learned that you I wouldn't say I tell lies, far from it, but you know, you, you you have to be really good at kind of almost not admitting to that because the person on the phone is not going to understand that for you, this might be that you're back in a good week and you're no longer taking strong painkillers, but tomorrow right. you could wake up and you're right back in it again. Um, so that's one thing for me is is having, and that's all back to that confidence thing, right? Like what, what does it mean to be confident to advocate kind of for yourself? It, it, it probably to a lot of people, looks like pushiness and bossiness and whatever description you want to use. And that doesn't really come naturally to me. Um, and you've got to build thick skin. So that's one of these things I want to talk about today is to say, you know, you're the only person who's going to do it, Um, and you kind of have to navigate personalities as well, try and read the person you're speaking to try and be compassionate though. I mean, you can be a nice person. You don't have to be a pain in the ass, but Yeah. yeah, I think you've really got to push it and say, you know, remind them of how difficult things are, um, and and just see what you can do. Because I think if you play the thing of thank you very much, you know being too kind,
0: right? Oh, I'm so sorry to bother you again. You yeah. have to be assertive, and I'm very uh-huh. much like you, where right? oh well, I emailed last week, so I don't want to email the doctor again, or I don't want to call again. I feel bad; they're probably busy. You can't do that anymore. And uh-huh. I agree with you; it's so challenging when you're in and out of flares, right? Because you could be in a really, really bad spot and not be able to get a hold of anyone or not get the care. And mm-hmm. then you're feeling better. This happens to me all the time, right? And then you're feeling better. And then it, it happens again. And I think one of the biggest struggles I have, and I really want to learn more and get more deeply in on this at some, at some point in my life, but it's the fear, it's the anxiety, it's the oh my gosh, everything's back. I mean, there's so much trauma there from all the experiences we've lived through, through endo that I still don't know how to manage that. So for the listeners and Elva already knows this, cause we've been going back and forth and supporting each other, but I, I really had like a rough November was not feeling well, super nauseous, struggled through the holidays, then started to feel a little bit better and then started just having really bad pain again. And um, I thought it was my bowel, so I've had surgery on my bowel. So I was very nervous, but I couldn't get into a doctor, and because of COVID, I wasn't about to go to the hospital. But I was struggling to go to the bathroom, and I thought that I may have had a um, minor blockage, which was very terrifying to me, and also just put me not in the best mental space because I was really scared. It was really scared. Going through that the first time was very traumatic, and I didn't know I was going through it until I had the surgery. So. I was very terrified and I couldn't get in to see a doctor for over three months. And I even feel bad saying that on the podcast complaining, because there's people that are waiting years to see a doctor, but I really thought I was in potentially an emergency situation. Um, You
1: have, and you have a a team as such, like you have a a surgeon, you have a a family practice, like what, what breaks my heart is for people who are not within even that system. And that's how, like, it's difficult when you're in a system. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I kind of can't imagine sometimes we've talked about how, how difficult it must be if you're kind of just navigating the start of it, or if you move, because another thing for you guys is, I mean, you can move across the states and still be in the same country, but yeah. I mean, moving state to state must be a huge challenge or, well, or navigating I, a health system state to state.
0: One hundred percent. That's very challenging, but also my doctor isn't in my state and I didn't have a family doctor. So it it just became very challenging. I ended up finding a family doctor. Thank goodness. Who's actually been very supportive. Um, and also just found a local, so I'm, I'm building a local team basically is what is happening, but come to find out. And I don't want to say, Oh, it was just a cyst, but I have a very large cyst and that was kind of just disrupting everything. And it's still there. And, um, just trying to figure out what the next steps are, but yeah, so that, you know, for me, it kind of put me in a, and just, and this happens often with the ups and downs of endo. And I'm sure people who are listening can relate, but for people who might not have the disease and you're listening for endometriosis awareness month, you know, there's so much of us that go through these ups and downs of just the emotional mental toll of everything, because you feel okay. Then you don't feel okay. Then you get this diagnosis of something else is wrong. And, you know, sometimes you can be perceived as like a hypochondriac or it's all in your head and all of that. And that's just, if you're listening, it's not, and you're totally validated in what you're saying. And for people who may be listening, who are supporters or like loved ones, like you need to give that person the benefit of the doubt. You have no idea how challenging it is to have a chronic illness. So just something I've been thinking about a lot lately.
1: No, I think that's a really good point. And look, I've had that kind of recently myself too where you know kind of opening up to one or two people to, to just say those words like I know you guys think I must be ugh, is this in my head again or whatever and so you know because recently I like I said haven't been feeling really great and I went and saw my doctor in November and like that I I'm in a, a private system but even from then I waited until um, early February to get a CT scan through. Now, there was some other complications with hospital information systems, but essentially, yeah, you're like, I don't know why. I, it, it for sure was not an urgent case on that day in November. But, you know, you're in pain and he's sitting there saying, oh, I, you know what, we thought we'd kind of knock this on the head for you for a good while anyway, but we'll look into it. So you're walking around then for those next three months going, OK. and And, and for me, unfortunately, things kind of got worse. Um, flares and the symptoms wise and I've I, I, I like you have had some for the first time since my big surgery kind of what's that like 15 16 months ago I kind of have like taken to the bed on the odd day which is so rare and and um on weekends where you're just like if you have nothing to do you just have to hit that bed and nothing is knocking that pain and I'm not a great one for wanting to go down the route of taking the extra strong painkillers because it's just you know, I just know some people have had difficulty with that. And I just don't want to go there. But then you're, you're suffering because you're not want you're not taking something that probably could help you. But back to my kind of point there, the thing for me was that, yeah, I've spent three months waiting for this scan. and And the thing that I said most to my family was like, I so want there to be something on this scan. And I but I don't want people thinking that you want something to be wrong with you. And I think we're all guilty of feeling this that like that people are like God, she, she wants this drama or they want this drama or they want another thing they want it to come back yeah. you don't it's just when you're feeling the way you are and I do believe that you don't need to be a medic to know what your own body's telling you yeah. um I just knew something was up Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to be back, or I don't want there to be complications. Mm -hmm. But when I got some scan results, only in the last few days, I instantly felt this really weird rush of, yes, thank you, because I knew there was something wrong. And the people who I know, love and support me had the same thing. They were like, you knew there was something wrong, and you trusted yourself. But I... the the feeling for me was not yes, because there's something wrong. And that's great. It was yes, because now I don't have to feel like it was in my head. Or now I don't have to feel like when I have driven people crazy on days where I have probably, or they thought, oh my god, she's driving me nuts, you know, like she's still in pain, that now they can go. That was a fair point. And I think that's really kind of tragic for everyone. Because suddenly, it's not even about your health anymore. It's about what people's perception of you with the illness is. Um, and so from a recommendation point, it's I need to get that out of my head. And everyone listening, we all need to get that out of our head because it yeah. does nobody any good.
0: And I think it it goes back to the root of the problem of when you know, along this whole journey, we were always told we were fine. So we question it constantly. But the other thing, and I was talking about this on a show that's going to come out next month, is if it was MS, multiple sclerosis, or if it was diabetes, or if it was some sort of, you know, I have Hashimoto's, which is another, which is an autoimmune disease, but I don't think you can ever really solve it. Maybe you can, I think there's ways Mm -hmm. to cure it, but I haven't been able to do that. But if it was something that was more well-known, I don't even think Hashimoto's is, but like something like diabetes, which is very well-known and there's you know, you see, if you see someone monitoring their blood sugar or something, you know, you understand. Um, I used to work with someone who was like, I need to always have snacks. And so we all knew, and we all supported that individual, but because we understood what it was. Right. So for Mm -hmm. us, I think it, again, it goes back to the lack of awareness, which we can talk about until Mm -hmm. we're blue in the face, which is the reason why we do this podcast. But, um, if there was more awareness about how severe this disease is and how it affects your entire body, I also think we probably wouldn't question ourselves as much because there would be so much more empathy and understanding.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, I I'm kind of careful when I use the word trauma, because again, we kind of associate or I certainly do associate it with much bigger things. And I know some friends, family, and and loved ones who've been through incredible trauma. So I I, I kind of feel like, here I am, guilty Elva again, feeling like I have to explain myself. But I think the trauma part is quite true, especially when... um, You've been through some of the more scary, kind of acute things that have happened with it, mm-hmm. um, and like that. What's funny at the moment then is that you, you, you kind of you've been told so long coming up to maybe diagnosis that things weren't wrong, and you did. You totally believe that. Um, then when you have your diagnosis, or if you and you have some difficult times. Um, I think we're still I think this is a thing for awareness we're still living in this world where people think they find it they remove it and it's gone and of course there are cases like that and we have talked to plenty of people who thank god for them they have had one procedure and they've never been bothered again and I just I'm so happy for them Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen for everybody but what happens is that for those who just it's a longer journey or it's a more kind of constant journey I think what happens is trauma kind of calms and your body kind of blocks it out and your brain blocks it away Um, and sometimes it is when you're going through something again and you're possibly heading down the journey not necessarily of surgery but maybe of other procedures or scans and it does creep back in and one thing I'm trying to go and try and work on myself over the next while is to just allow that to come in a bit because I remember after my last surgery which was really big and during COVID I remember afterwards having this thing of like I can do oh my god I can do anything I can jump out of a plane because doing that on my own was amazing and you 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 really benefit from that and we should all be thinking that we're strong but it fades and suddenly the potential of other procedures or other surgery coming back when you involving things like bowel again and stuff like that I'm suddenly not feeling so strong even when I went for my (laughs) I was leaving you messages in the car I went for my CT scan there a couple weeks ago and I've had many of these I've had the contrast drink I've had the contrast dye injected and every time because it had been a while I sat in the car drank the drink and was convinced that I was having an allergic reaction to it I was like oh my god I can't I can feel it I'm having some sort of allergic reaction And and then when they injected, I was like, yeah, no, I think I'm having an allergic reaction. All in my head, by the way. Yeah. Um. And to them, I look like cool, calm, and collected. But yeah, I think the little bit of the trauma creeps back in every time we revisit this. And don't hold that in because what I'm doing, I'm walking around now, and I'm just well talking to the world here. But I haven't been sitting at home telling my other half that I. I'm worried about that I haven't told my my mom my sister who I talked to her friends when they go to me oh I heard you had some shit news you know oh I said that word can you bleep that out on the podcast you can say sorry okay sorry (laughs) oops sorry um explicit (laughs) But yeah when we'll I was... just add a little
0: e no big deal but you can drop any swear
1: words blame me the Irish girl but no I when I actually was telling a few people about the scan results I just remember they were like how do you feel and I am I do it I'm just like I'm okay okay I'm okay of course but I'm not no. I've not been good this week I've had a really just kind of crappy feelings and worries and fears and I think again awareness wise you know people need to to be able to put it out there that you know it's it's not easy and maybe you know those kind of specialist centers for um that they're supposed to be developing certainly one in Ireland and everything need to make sure it has psychological um support you know yeah. as well as nutrition yes. and physiotherapy and I actually think they might have that in this new special kind of center in Ireland I need to look into it but yeah you know it should be part of your thing because if you know that basically you're signed on to have something for years to come yeah. I think there really needs to be some sort of support in that. Um, but don't, yeah, don't shy away from the trauma because it's very real. You it's know, very- you like you mentioned a few minutes ago, it's it, pretty scary things happened, and we just kind of recovered physically and went back to work six weeks later when yeah. you're signed off by a surgeon.
0: Right, yeah, well, it's, it's so true and you do have to deal with that. Um, it's good to have an endo buddy. Um, Elva and I have yeah. definitely- you know, like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm drinking barium, blah, blah, blah. You know, just supporting each other through our scans, even though we're in completely different time zones, we're five hours apart from each other. But definitely finding one person or some, just one support person who really understands it really does help, even if they can't physically be there with you, at least you don't have to explain all the backstory. So I, I do have some very good friends who have known me for 20 years, seen a lot of what Mm. I've been through and I'm so grateful for them, but it's very hard for me when they are like, how are you feeling? What's going on? Tell me the update. And it's very hard because sometimes I don't like answering the question, how I'm feeling because we're all trained. Like you just said, I'm fine. I'm I'm good. Everything's great. I don't want to get into it, you know, but with you, I can just be like, I have this or I've that. And like, you get it, but it's just nice having people who understand kind of the background. No,
1: it is. And again, they don't need to be experts. Because one thing I would say about this is um, my learning over the last few years has been, um, I've done a lot of learning about the disease itself. And then obviously you've I've done the learning of my experience with the disease, like my yeah. disease, I guess. But everyone who has it, I suppose, is gonna have some level of knowledge. And like you say, exactly, it's been really nice when we've both been going for appointments recently where when I've mentioned certain terminology or certain things to you from like scan reports, you either wouldn't question it back, or you just be like, mm, mm, "You know that that sounds a bit sucky." Whereas I've mentioned other things to again some of the most amazing supportive people in my life. Or when I've mentioned how I'm feeling, and like if one more person tells me just to eat more fiber, I swear to cry. Oh my gosh! I, just, I will because <laughs> I'm like I I think I am fiber right now. Or if one more <laughs> person is like, "Oh, I I heard there's this great yoga stretch that opens your pelvis," oh, and I'm like. I have had days recently where I'm, I said this to my, my dear husband recently, like I had a day where I was like, I feel like I want to take, so This you should add this to your explicit, but no, I want to take my hands, if I could put my hands inside my body cavity and pull the organs out. Yeah. I, yes. That is like, literally, I feel like if I could just reach up in yes. one opening, just, yeah. I would Whole things out. And he's so good, he's like, I again, he can't offer anything, but he's like, That is awful. That's what you want to hear. You want to yes. hear someone going, that yes. is awful. Right. What you don't really want is to hear someone go, Yeah. And have you seen this this lovely brown bread? It's like whole grains, and you're like, Oh my god, you know, and I I do I feel bad because you're just like, Thank you.
0: Have you been thank eating you your greens? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess do that's you drink sec- water, <laughs> our second no. kind of tip for endo awareness month for you know, thank you for the feedback. But sometimes we might just need you to listen or say that really sucks.
1: But you know what's really funny, my you talked about family doctor, and that's we call that a GP here. Mm-hmm. be the GP in the UK as well. I don't know what it is in other countries, South African place like that you mentioned. But I one thing that's been brilliant for me in the last few years i've mentioned her on here for anyone who's heard me before is that i i when i came back home to ireland a few years ago i had a gp who i would have seen years ago but on it you know i didn't really need to go to the gp many many years ago or i went and was told there was nothing wrong with me but no when i got back she was super and i she has been with me now all through obviously all of my more detailed procedures with um gynecologist but her own daughter has been diagnosed and has had an excision surgery last summer with a very very kind of um, qualified excision one of the very few people that does excision in Ireland um, and and it's just amazing how her and she said it herself when I saw her recently her own learning like so when I was there recently and we talked about something else but I mentioned about pain in my upper right quadrant which for people is like under your ribs and I mentioned about this issue that potentially this thing on my liver and she was like they've just got to get their head around this is a whole body disease and i just was like oh, i i i and i actually admit i actually probably did have a wee little tear in my eye and you know i wouldn't be like that in a doctor's room and i was like i'm so sorry i was like i just i, I would love more people to hear you say that yeah. but she said herself she was like i wouldn't maybe i wouldn't have said that three four years ago so only because her she has seen her own flesh and blood go through it go through it um but it is like that and so again another point is again different countries are different with those family doctor GPs if you can choose and if you hear of someone and you know someone is they don't even have to be an expert in endo or adenomyosis because I always think we need to mention that kind of too but if they even have an interest because a medical person with an interest in an area is you know that they're just going to listen more they're going to vouch for you more they might look into things more you know um and so that's one thing for me is definitely try and get yourself a family level doctor
0: yeah a base a base level and there are the one other positive thing that I've been seeing with that is you know I always talk about access to care because I feel so privileged for the access that I have but there's more um concierge I guess you would call it or like online type doctors that you can pay a small fee and do it virtually without medical insurance. So even that's like another option that I just thought of for people, even just to have a conversation.
1: And are they all qual- like, are they not to kind of like challenge that, but are they all qualified? Like, are they're, they doctors? Yeah, oh, they are they're, doctors. Okay. they're medical
0: doctors, but they're just working outside of the insurance, I guess. Is how oh, okay. Works. I'm not really sure, but there's been just more popping up. And um, recently someone suggested one to me that she thought this doctor would have a really deep understanding in endo. And this is when I was just starting to kind of switch to this new family doctor. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep this person in my back pocket just in case, because if I go to this new family doctor and I leave crying, like I've done so many times with meeting other doctors, then I'll have someone that is backup, but actually I went to this new family doctor and, and she's older and it was just, we sat down, she started looking through my history and she was just like endometriosis. She's like tough disease. And I just appreciated that she said Mm -hmm. that. Right. And she kind of helped me get the scans to figure out the cyst and it's pretty large, whatever and they, they, she was calling me once a week or someone from her office just checking in. And then the last phone call was really like, you really need to talk to your specialist because we're, yeah. we're, we're at the final, we don't know what to do for you next, but we're here. Like you call us yeah. if you need local support. So even just having that and then, oh, it is because there are the other things huge. you need.
1: Like I, I now know, for example, knowing that, um, now I think my doctor would have respected me and always respected that if me as the kind of patient I am. If I came to her and said I'm in pain, she would have believed me and wouldn't have maybe had any concerns. Because I think, you know, without getting too deep and dark, there's there's a huge concern for a lot of illnesses that are chronic with people and yes. pain medication. And so it must be really, really hard to be a physician and responsible for prescribing and then being careful about prescribing. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel with her. She would always say, have said to me, like, you're not going to come in here saying you're in pain when you're not. Um, I think it's visible anyway in your face. But I think even more so now that she kind of is understanding this more. And like I said to you, so she said she's kind of on the tune of the train of thought that it's a full body disease, but she also, she, anytime I talk to her, she uses the word sneaky. And I really like that word sneaky. I'm like, it is sneaky. It's a sneaky disease. That's a sneaky little disease. And she was just like, it's really sneaky. And, but um, I kind of feel like if, if I was in really quite bad pain, which I have been in the last few weeks, and maybe I have, maybe I've, Maybe I should make that phone call the next time it happens. Maybe I do need something a bit stronger and just to trust that she will only give me the number of doses or days. I just, I have a bit of, and I guess it's, I think it's a valid thing to talk about. Like is people have some concerns, especially if you come into something like endo and maybe you have a history of having some difficulty with that, or you've had family history or friends history. It's really valid to be worried about having an illness that from time to time can require a lot of pain assistance yes and it's working through knowing your own body and your own um level of what you can kind of take to keep going normally and like that if you're getting to a point where you're like not standing up straight or you're taking to the bed yeah I mean you probably should get a little bit more yes. help because you're no good to anybody yes. um but then like all the more reason to get that you trust a doctor to to don't try and go Mixing stuff and taking stuff yourself. It just, it doesn't. Um, yeah. I, I it's one of my biggest fears. And we've talked about that a lot. I've often said to you, like, <laughs> funny thing, like, I need to go out, I need to do this tonight, today. Right. Um, and you're playing that game of do I do I take something strong? Because let's be honest, I still want to have my life and I want to have a glass or two of wine. Yeah. And you want to see your friends and not be right. the party pooper. And you're yes. going, I just don't want to mix that stuff and you know what I mean it's just being really honest with yourself and realizing that's that for me is where you realize it's a whole lifestyle thing mm-hmm. it's not yeah. transient you know you kind of have to be aware of what that is but yeah anyway that's that's just my tip There is. I mean
0: I agree like you shouldn't be embarrassed to take pain medication I think if you need it you have to take it and and there is a taboo around it I completely agree with you um I personally I mean I used to take copious amounts of Advil. I think everybody on this podcast has heard me say that, I mean, way too much, which is ibuprofen or what do you call it yep. there?
1: Ibuprofen, Yeah, Ibuprofen, yeah. Yeah, which you've got to be really careful with your stomach. Cause your stomach, and I, I had
0: yeah. no idea when I was like through high school and college, you know, I was just eating those did. like candy, yeah. you know? And the, it did help. I mean, it just took the edge off. I never was out of pain. And then once I was prescribed something that was more serious on the really bad days, I would take it and just to yeah. get, up to be yeah. able to stand. Um, I've shied away a lot from it now because I'm very sensitive to pain medication. I don't know if that's from endo. I don't know if that's from taking too much Advil, but like, I'm, I cannot take a full dose of anything because it just will knock me right on my ass since we've already swore. Let's just add all the swear words. Um, but I want to mention bad. that. Yeah. Ass is fine. Shit is fine. Um, really going down a different road. Um, like we told you, this was going to be a, uh, a, a wing it podcast. winging it, we're winging it. I like to wing it sometimes though. <laughs> um, but I wanted to mention that I finally was able to get into, uh, this, the GI doctor. So the gastro doctor, oh, yeah. because I was worried and I, the experiences I've had with GI doctors in the past have all been poor. And the last one I went to, I did leave crying. And I remember posting a picture on Instagram. I was more active there and I got to my car and I was crying and I had to go to work after because he basically told me that there was no way that endometriosis could affect the bowel and that, you know, my nausea wasn't from endometriosis. And I don't know why it made me cry. I should have just been strong, but it just, I didn't feel good. It was just not in the right headspace to hear that. So. I, this doctor that I saw recently was recommended to me and I went and you just, I I am nervous going in to see these doctors. He sat with me for about 40 minutes. We talked through everything. We talked about my surgery. We talked about the end of all of it. And at the end, and I almost started crying because he said this, he said, you've really been through a lot. Mm. That's what he, and I was just like, I don't know why, but I feel like I needed to hear that. Maybe not even from a doctor, but just from a person like.
1: Well, but do you also think, I think it means more when you hear that from someone who actually has that full awareness of it, because actually, this may be the way my head works, you'd maybe expect more that because they speak to people who have loads of illnesses all the time. I kind of expect sometimes that, um, say, my doctor would just be like, Oh, you've been through it all, but like so is the last person who came in to see me, the next person in 10 minutes. And so I think it means more to us when someone who is kind of highly active in that medical field for them to take that time to say it and to and to believe it. Because again, it's back to this validation. It's making you kind of go, Yes, I actually have been through a lot. And I don't maybe stand up and 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 say it enough. Well, and he was like, how many
0: surgeries have you had? And I was like, seven. And I said, I'm not a, i am not a I said, I-, I promise you, I'm not like seeking surgery. He goes, I know. Like, it was like, it was me. <laughs> it was like, I was the one who felt like I, it all goes back to the confidence. And he was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, so oh, funny though. You.
1: Yeah. thank you. I was actually speaking to a friend of mine, um, over overnight who is expecting her. She has endometriosis, although hers was discovered, accidentally um incidentally whatever they however they refer to it when it was um so for some fertility issues and she is expecting her first baby after many many I'm talking like 10 years and um baby should be here in a few weeks but what's so funny is that she has she'll be induced a little bit early and she has to choose now between being in due or sorry she's deliver a little bit early she has to choose between being juiced or having cesarean <laughs> she said that the doctor said to her because of your extensive surgical history and she said I it made her sound like I was like you made her sound like some sort of like yeah addicted to plastic surgery right. like like some I wasn't going to say a member of a celebrity family here but like people <laughs> who are just in like tweaking everything right like they're going to the, the supermarket and I she was like yeah, I was kind of nearly offended when he said yes. I'd go cesarean because but what he meant was she's had quite a few procedures actually on her, I think, around her uterus. And I think in terms of inducing her and I um, it would be interesting to know, actually, other people listening who have had endo and then and maybe procedures and then natural births, because I think sometimes there's a bit of an issue with um, your uterus contracting normally through labor or something if you've had scar tissue because you've had, again, maybe she had ablation and then maybe scar tissue on and stuff that I don't know. But anyway, he kind of was like, look, it's up to you. I'm certainly not worried that you wouldn't have a natural birth, but I'd probably go cesarean because of your extensive surgical time. Oh my gosh. I was just so funny. I was like, you're hooked. You're yep. hooked.
0: I I I agree with her though. If she was like, I was a little. I feel like I would feel a little offended, and I get it. Like you were, didn't. like you
1: were queuing up, like next right. year I'll have like this, and then I think next year I'll have this out. Right, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, just
1: or like it's, three for two. You're
0: like, do I get the next one free? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. And Elva and I have been chatting about. All, all of the words. What are the words? Scanxiety. We, we scansiety. didn't, we didn't invent that, but anxiety yeah. is, is a thing. And that's I think, a huge
1: thing. And I think for a lot of cancer patients, because they have to have yes. so many review. Yeah, yeah. But you yes. do get it. Yeah, and we that's not linked it. to being worried about having an allergic reaction to something you've had many times. It's just I think being it's the nervous whole thing.
0: about. <laughs> I think it's the scan. I think it's the results after. I think it's the. Is something wrong? (laughs) Is something not wrong?
1: There's a whole- Oh, and also I think as well, I am. I suppose I am. No, I don't think I'm a hypochondriac, but like I would be a thinker. But I'm also thinking as well, you know, get the best value out of this CT scan. Like, just in case there was was something else in there. Like I was telling you, I have my images and I'm such a nerd, I look at them. And I mean, I've become a little au fait with reviewing CTs and MRIs, but I did the other day, was like desperately Googling what this one particular space on a CT in your abdomen looks more like. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, that's wrong. That's wrong. And it's the color. and, And I realized it's my stomach. Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> so I have a stomach which is good but no this anxiety is definitely there because you're just um and yeah as I said earlier then it can be reversed with this amazing feeling of like happiness when they do because you're just like you feel validated but then it's yeah. like you don't want something to be wrong I know I know it's, I know. it's yeah it's a weird one explain that one psychologists figure that one out what was the other one we have talked you got that That was pain somnia for you That was good. Oh, that was I clever pain-
0: so because Elva's five hours ahead, it is very convenient when I yep. wake up at three in the morning in pain, I can just message her because she's awake. So awake. I messaged her and said, I'm having some pain somnia right now. Also, we didn't <laughs> coin that phrase, but I've seen it before. And it's, it's a real thing where the pain woke me up.
1: Yeah. And then
0: because I was in so much pain, I couldn't go back to sleep.
1: Yeah, it is a pain should never, I mean, I'm just coming back to some like headline stuff with endo like you should never be woken by pain I've been being woken by rectal pain again lately and that is just and again it's embarrassing you know Uh even it's you know because um and seriously the I always have an issue with this the the rectal kind of stuff with endometriosis and I do think that's a bit of trauma from some of the things that was suggested to me when I was first experiencing that and I mean I won't even repeat them but like some of the stuff doctors were saying like could be wrong with me or that I was doing in my life (laughs) that might be causing that I was like uh I'd tell you if I was you know right right popping things in in there and you know or like had I damaged myself no I'm just I'm literally being woken in the middle of the night with this incredible like someone is stabbing you but that's back and that's what that was always really scaring me lately I'm like why is that back and I've tried everything I do like the massage I do the ice cubes do it all
0: I mean you're justified in. in feeling fear with that I mean that's it, first off like you said it is embarrassing and it's and it shouldn't be but it is, nobody wants yeah. to talk about rectal pain. It's not like you're going out to dinner with your friends be like, How have you been? Oh, I've been having oh, rectal right. pain. How about you?
1: Oh, unless you're out for dinner with you. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, then we
0: could talk about yeah, it all night. Either.
1: Um, table beside but <laughs> us, might not be
0: happy but <laughs> They would be like,
1: um, can we move?
0: We don't want to eat. Could you keep it down, please? But that like I, things that people don't think about with this disease is it just can affect so many other things that make it much more scary it's all scary but like a lung collapse is terrifying to me yeah oh my gosh part of my bowel was horrifying and terrifying for me you also having a major bowel surgery terrifying but it's all so it can be so scary it's just the people that don't understand how it can affect other parts you know they just think oh it's just the uterus and the ovaries
1: it's not (gasps) oh man i told you about that book i was reading that's yes. such a good book. Yes. A tell, tell us about it. So it's not an ender book. It's but it's called Unwell Women by. Um, uh Eleanor Clegghorn and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right um I I can't remember I was I just saw a post on Instagram or something or I heard about I think maybe I heard about on the radio it's such a good book and it's probably I mentioned to you because it probably is a really good book for listening to yes um but it's basically it's the thousands of years of that societal thing about women and women's health and it comes right up through the ages of, and I mean, it's right back to like the Greek and Roman times and very, very clear evidence um, of how women's health, how women just their bodies were considered. But I mean, it comes right up to the modern day times of it being not too long ago when women were only just introduced to clinical trials. Um, So, you know, a huge amount of our medicines and our medical research has been based on male only bodies. Mm um but no it's it's it is a brilliant book it's really worth a listen um or, or a read um because yeah we have we've just been kind of I don't know like kind of I don't dismissed. know what would you say Yes, yeah, dismissed. dismissed. yeah dismissed. and 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 not even that but like how it's carried through like even to modern day medicine about how they apply these general rules and um the the, the you know it's not considered different and even just the whole like hyster because that one always gets to me it is true yes. that hyster is the word for uterus isn't the greek and so the term hysteria when it used to be classed as a a, a psychiatric condition only related to women yes. and it was deemed that it was linked to having a uterus so that's what I actually really try in my life now to not say that someone is hysterical. And if I hear people say it, I'm like, stop using that word. (laughs) But
0: that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I, I I did download it. I'm going to listen to it. Um, but that's a great book recommendation. And I mean, we, we've talked about the gamut of things and what we've been going through and I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and I hope you feel better soon. I mean, Mm. in this endo month, I mean, really, if you are suffering and you're in pain, you know, no, you're not alone. I I think that's such a big point. And so many people are either just starting to figure out that they have endo or that they have it, but they don't know where to turn next. And really finding the community and people in the community is very, very helpful. And then just doing loads of research. You may not want to, but that is something that really has helped myself. I know Elva it's helped you um, Mm -hmm. reading actual, I mean, you can go to Google Scholar, and actually read that way you know you're not getting to like blogs and things that may not be 100% accurate but scholar i mean if you want to go down a rabbit hole of reading medical papers but you can read just the lay summary or the abstract or something yeah and learn more i just that's
1: where i started yeah, yeah it is and i think look the other thing to note is that cuz you'll you'll definitely have people listening in who we've said this before are sometimes maybe terrified by their future when they hear some of the patient stories you've had on or say mine and mm-hmm. yours where like there has been multiple you know procedures and um or multiple kind of uh, treatment approaches and medications and all that kind of stuff and um, it's that's not the case for everybody yeah. but it doesn't mean that your experience isn't valid, like listening in and being like, oh, okay, well, thank God I'm not like that, or thank God I will never get like that shouldn't take from the fact that you still have this, you know, or have or, or, or potentially have it. Um, just don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole of thinking Jesus, am I going to end up losing? <laughs> and parts of me that I want to right. keep and right. am I going to have like you know like that from the fertility end of things struggles or um how long will this go on you know I guess it's just build your awareness read 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 but don't be too terrified because I think actually the more awareness that's out there and the more specialist doctors out there hopefully people are going to get diagnosed at least some years sooner than the likes of yourself and myself which really should knock on the head hopefully it getting so deeply infiltrated into other organs you know that's 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 my hope anyway is that you know it'll become more rare for you to hear from people in years to come who've had to have such extensive surgeries because actually it was like my 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 gp my my doctor's daughter She's had an excision at 21, 22. Amazing. Brilliant. Because
0: that's what awareness, that's yeah. what the awareness is all about. And I recently spoke with someone who has two daughters and has endometriosis, but she will now, as more information, she will know what to look for at a younger age. Yeah. At, 10, 11, 12, 13, because she now has the awareness that she has the disease. So I feel hopeful. Um, I feel hopeful for early diagnosis and wish, wishful that, get diagnosed. You don't have to have a surgery. I mean, those are things that I'm hoping, you know, when I reflect on endometriosis awareness month, and if you're looking for ways to help or get involved, obviously you can email me. If you'd like to come on the podcast, I have a couple slots left for this year, but telling your story, if you feel comfortable, even if you don't want to share it all over social media, I 100% understand that. Or if you're not on social media, but telling a friend, telling a neighbor, telling a classmate about what you're going through could change their life, not only because you're giving them the awareness, but they may know someone in their life that potentially could have endo. So if you're looking for ways to get involved, I always think the first step is sharing your story. And if you are not a patient, um, supporting charities and just listening and being empathetic and learning about the disease, because the more people that understand it, the better the awareness will be.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And don't keep it to yourself, you know, kind of have it out there. I'm probably not great at oversharing, you know, but again, that comes down to... We <laughs> yeah, just talked about it. your
0: butthole on a podcast. <laughs> Pretty sure that that uh, was enough sharing.
1: <laughs> that's not funny. When I come on here, you see in my head, I just think it's you and me and maybe like four people in like rural you know Dakota or I don't know some random size
0: is there rural
1: Dakota is there a, is there, a place there's, would there's it be quite Dakota states yes yeah,
0: South Dakota North Dakota and they have some rural areas.
1: okay well rural Texas or can I'm Irish we'll think of like Kansas or somewhere like you know the Wizard of Oz so yeah or or there might be someone in very rural Ireland um and I'm just kind of this vision that they will they will also be people with it so they're like I'm not going to tell anyone what that girl said but maybe yeah maybe the whole world will hear this and they will Will know that i yeah but i don't mind actually i don't mind you know i i think i've gotten past that point because if i think then that someone can go she can be a weirdly light-hearted about it um but really true to it then i've helped someone and maybe they'll go i need to tell someone about that pain that i woke up with the other night yeah um,
0: uh, is it what you've experienced is not abnormal. With no, the disease, it's very common with very it. That's common. what I'm saying. People it's are probably going
1: into doctors' offices taboo. And they're just talking about the cramps and the periods yes. and heavy bleeding, and they're afraid to go. But I oh, got this pain in my butt because they're thinking yeah. that's got nothing to do with it. It very much does and can. Yeah, pain in your ribs, pain, um, you know, anything. Uh, we may as well call a few other things out. Anyone's having anything that involves um blood at that period time coughing it up um, throwing it up anything like that you know like there you you would never think that was anything to do probably with your with your cycle right it very much is again i'm not trying to terrify people because that's very rare but like be aware and 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 also if that happens it doesn't mean that it's also the end of the world um you might not even need to have a big surgery about it but they can do other things so bring all of those symptoms out everything you think i don't know funky track. looking toenails just <laughs> tell the doctor i don't think you can get funky looking toenails but yeah
0: just list track. everything don't track be yeah. track your pain track anything that seems
1: off and you tracking your pain melissa no <laughs>
0: I started. I was good for like a couple of weeks. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. So, yeah. yeah, we're we're total hypocrites here. Tell the tell the um, doctor. Anyway. I know. I know. I've been better, but fall off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it's it's hard
1: though because you're it's trying hard. to again. You're trying to just live your life. Like I'll finish this now, and you go downstairs and you think about dinner, and you just got to get on with your day. And people have families, and people have everything. So don't I'm... you know it? It it can't overcome. It can't take over. And if it does that's a problem too. So try and kind of, I like to try and compartmentalize and give it some mm-hmm. time nearly of the week.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I
1: was going to talk to you today, I was like, right, well, I'm giving it a bit of time today. And then hopefully the rest of today, it just doesn't consume yes. my thoughts right. because otherwise you you can get down.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, it's, it is very challenging and I try to do the same thing, but it's, it's just, it's just a chronic disease. And, uh, yeah. you know, we're in this together and we're all here to support everybody. And there are a lot of people that have had this disease that, like you said, have one surgery or they feel great. So there's so much hope and yeah. there's, there's a lot of potential to feel yeah. really well. And It's also about giving yourself permission. Like you just called me out for not tracking my pain. I tell people to do it all the time, but I needed you to do that because I need to do it. Right. Like it's important to do and any symptoms, but what I always end with saying is trust your gut, trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. It's always right. If you feel off, if you feel like something's wrong, if you know, something's wrong, something's wrong. Yeah. Don't, don't deny it.
1: Yeah. And they say that to you in with medical fields now, like if you have chest pain, don't deny it, don't sit on it for five, six hours, trust it. And yet yeah. then people feel again, read the Unwell Women book, because with loads of other illnesses, they're like, you know, prostates and loads of men's think They're like, trust yourself, you know, if it's not right. And yet for whatever reason, when it comes down to some sort of women's health, the first thing they'll go for is you stressed, family busy, you know, they, they seem to always want to go for that. You know, got a lot going on. Migraines, yeah. You know, don't no, and just and, and start bringing it up, saying thank you very much for that suggestion. However, I would also like you to consider this, please. And the I other mean, tip yeah. is the last one. And I was I I'm not. Inventing this, but I've just seen this a lot. And it will take a lot for me to have the bravery to do this. But there is a tactic that a lot of people use now where if you are frustrated that someone is not taking, especially after a second time, and you've asked for a specific type of test, they can be expensive. But if it's valid and you feel it's valid and you've asked for something to be investigated and they will not do it, just ask them to put on your records that you asked them to do this and they refused they don't like it. And I have friends who are doctors and its I don't mean we're starting to get like legal about it. It's just saying to someone, okay, that's great. Thanks. I think I really would like to have another ultrasound. So, and you just don't think it's really valid right now, but can you just say that in, in, in February, 2022, I asked you for an ultrasound and you said it wasn't warranted so that, you know, next year, and I guarantee you something will get done because (laughs) they're not going to want to put that down. So that's a it's really a hard
0: tactic, but it's a good hard. one. It's a very, very good tactic. That was a that was a very helpful tip, and I, I don't think I've ever done that. But that's it's a really
1: good one. I mean, <laughs> I might. They'll be like, I'll be blacklisted in all these hospitals around, <laughs> around the world. That lady God. who told Uma, you not allowed in any, <laughs> any of the hospitals. Change, change my name.
0: <laughs> well, no. you know, I think we've come full full circle from what we even started at the beginning of the show, and it's just you have to be assertive and advocate for yeah. yourself. It comes up on every show and yeah. should it be that way? No. Is it that way right now? Yes. And it's a fight. It's an uphill battle. Elvin, I recently had to fight to get imagery on a CD disc, which most people can't even play anymore. So like, no, just <laughs> there's so many little intricacies like that, that, or just, you know, a struggle on the daily to get the care you deserve, but you have Mm. to do it. And if you have to step away from it, because it's too much at that, take a day off and then come back Mm -hmm. to it the next day. But if you're really in acute, a lot of pain, you have to, you have to keep fighting. You have to keep pushing. And um, what's that famous image of the guy pushing the rock up the hill. Like that's, that's yeah. what I, I don't remember what it's called. It does have a name, but I feel like sometimes that's the struggle with with this disease: is you're you're constantly you're moving up the hill, very yeah. slowly with this this heavy weight. So yeah. Um, but I am hoping that everyone who's listening is feeling okay and in this endometriosis awareness month. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I can't believe this is year four. And without your listening and sharing this, you know, we wouldn't be able to help more people. So thank you so much, Elva. Thank you always for being here and being so transparent and honest and honest
1: and- from to my own detriment. But no, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for, thank you for having, uh, you know, a, a platform where people feel they can do that. Cause I think that's, that's key to you and, and your interaction is that people get on here and probably can't believe how open and honest they've been. With someone. So thank you for, for, you know, enabling that.
0: I just like to provide a a space, you know, it's really all the heroes who listen and have been here. So thank you for everyone. Endometriosis awareness month, spread that awareness as much as you can and feel comfortable. Let's, you know, do what we can to get a care for this disease. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support, listening in, and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that on Apple Podcasts, that helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking, and I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. Also, if you wanna keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you wanna further the conversation. And lastly, this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again.